Hey everybody, Jimmy Smith on today's Unlocking the Cage podcast. John Cusack confronted by Barstool Sports over his White Sox Cubs dual fandom. Is that a real thing? Colin Wood, founder and CEO of World Adaptive Boxing Council, sits down with me to talk about sports and combat sports for people with disabilities and challenges. Last year, KOB and I, by ourselves, settled the greatest fighter of all time debate. We settled it. It's, it's, KOB, I haven't heard anybody talk about it since. They literally just go, well, listen to Jimmy Smith and KOB, right? That's, that's, that's the word on the street. That's the so word whenever, on the street. Is, we don't whenever someone it says someone's the GOAT, they just, someone tweets back at them, oh, you, you know, Jimmy Smith settled this. Right, we settled handled. this. So, right, so I think we are in a good position right now, Jimmy Smith, KOB, and Kelly, to talk about rivalries in sports. Because Kelly... By the way, if you haven't heard her talk about, uh, like, the Mets, for example, okay, like, that's your most, is that your most hated team, the Mets? Uh, I really hate it's up the there. Giants, too. Okay, Mets, yeah, Mets, Giants, Giants right. Knicks, yeah. Nets, yes. or my top four. Right, you almost gag. You disgusting. almost throw, yeah, no, like, you always, you never just say the Mets, you always go, the Mets, oh, disgusting. Like, Oh, pigs, right? Whenever you talk about the Giants, like, yes. oh, you spit when you talk. Am I Vile even exaggerating, KOB? Am I exaggerating? She almost never just says, like, Mets or Giants. It's like, oh, pigs. Like, it's, there's always some little, like, jab in there. Am I wrong? It's more of a tone. Yeah, but it's never just, like, Mets. Like, ugh, it's always, Giants. Mets. Yeah, 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 right. It's like, ugh. There's scoff. a scoff. There's yeah, a scoff. There's first. a scoff there, right? <laughs> so we take our sports rivalries pretty seriously here at Unlocking the Cage. So... I think we're in a good position to judge this. John Cusack, famous resident of Chicago and baseball fan, was confronted uh, on Barstool Sports over his dual rooting for the Cubs and the White Sox. Now, I'm a Dodgers fan. I consider our biggest rival, the San Francisco Giants. We're settling it tonight, by the way. I'm going to see if I can stay up and watch that game. But he was on Barstool Sports and was confronted by a fan. Now, uh, KOB, Kelly, I need you guys to just... Quick correction. Yes, he wasn't, he, wasn't, he wasn't actually on Barstool Sports. They were just outside for a White Sox game, and he was confronted by someone from Barstool Sports. From Barstool Okay, go. From Barstool Sports. So, uh, first off, I, I, I'm speaking from a place of slight ignorance. I know White Sox-Cubs are in the same city, and I know it's considered like Cubs are like Chardonnay, upper class. You know, almost like uh, – I'm trying to think of a, of a good example. But, yeah, like, like, like um, you know, when you looked at you – know, Raiders-Rams when I was a kid. Raiders was, you know – Working class, blue collar Raiders, and and the Rams were seen at that time when I was a kid as an Orange County team, right? So, Angels, Dodgers are, are kind of seen that way. So, from what I understand from my friends in Chicago, that's White Sox, Cubs. Cubs are seen as kind of the upper crust, drinking Chardonnay. You're a Cubs fan. If you work in a factory, you're a White Sox fan. Uh, can somebody of you two tell me are they rivals themselves? I know they're they're perceived very differently, but are, are is Cubs White Sox a big rivalry? I, I don't know. I'm not from that area. To my knowledge, they are, but I think it's a little bit kind of like uh, the way Kelly is talking about, like the Giants Jets. I think it's a little bit of a similarity. It's not a working class thing with the Giants Jets, but it's more of just like you support one, not the other. You or the other, the other right? One. Right? They're right. You kind of hope the other one. Yeah, you hope exactly. the other one tanks so you don't have to hear it from the other fan base. Gotcha, know? gotcha. So they are like you know USC UCLA. It's rarely are you a USC UCLA fan. It's usually you pick one or the other. Okay, that's that's my other example. So. And yeah, yeah, Angels-Dodgers is, is similar in that respect. So can you be a fan of both? John Cusack confronted by someone from Barstool Sports. Here it is. 
John Cusack handled this very, very well. He didn't yell and scream. He was like, he he showed off his knowledge. If you didn't listen to that, he if you couldn't hear it, he was showing us off showing off his knowledge of the teams. You know who started third base in 1982 and all. So he knew a lot of stuff about both teams. He says, "I can root for whomever I want." I like the guy from Barstool. It's like, look, part of being a fan is when the other team does well, you don't just hop over to them, and you got to be miserable with your team. And that's a point I've made as a Steelers fan. I've lost some bets this season, and it's a matter of I'm willing to you know, take a pie in the face because we lost to the Packers. I'm willing to suffer with my team. And just jumping ship to another team negates that suffering, which is part of the sport or being a sports fan. Before anything, how do we feel about that, that being able to go, oh, the, the, the Cubs aren't doing well this year, I'm a, I'm a White Sox fan. Or the White Sox aren't doing as well. I'm a Cubs fan. Is that a little bit like, I don't know, cheating the the sports experience? Kelly, you are already shaking your head. I'm surprised your headphones are still on. You clearly disagree with that, yeah? That's so gross. Like, if the Mets were having a great year, which is very rare, and the Yankees aren't, I'm never Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm going to root for the Mets, like, over my dead body. Like, if the Yankees don't make the playoffs and the Mets do, I want them out, a clean sweep in the first round. Like, absolutely not. Same thing with the Giants. I want them to lose every single game. Even if the Jets are winning every single game, I still want the Giants to lose every single game. You're not jumping from team to team in your city. KLB, get ready to hit it. You got it. I know what this is. is, I know what this is from Kelly. I know what I've I've heard. Let the hate I love how Kelly just went on like a three-minute rant about I want them to lose in the first round and win no games and all their players to get injured. Like, yeah. but it's true. You're like, hate is a big part of sports for you. Oh yeah, yeah. Dude, my Mets fan friends hate me because I'm always like, oh gosh, like I, I'm sensing Tommy John surgery from like one of your pitchers, and they're like, you're disgusting, and I'm like, well, it is what it is. So, do you know what the quick synopsis care. was for Please. Kelly's three-minute rant? I hate you. I hate you. I don't even know you, and I hate your guts. I hope all the bad things in life happen to you and nobody else but you. Right. Uh, so it's I'm not that extreme about it because all right, uh, you do have a backup team, right? There, there's you are a, a Jets fan to the core, but there is a backup team that you like, right? Mine is the L.A. Rams. I'm from L.A. So we all have backup teams that that we like, but they're not our rivals in the same city. Kob, like, what's your? You have a number two, yeah. Like, there are teams you respect that you're like, okay, and then players I'll support 
you know, so and so. Football is really the only thing where I'll have a back. Football is really the only sport where I'll watch teams that aren't my own team. I'll play. watch it, football. Period. Yeah, I, I will. A, if football's on. I'll watch it. But baseball, is there a team that with, you support backup wise in football? Let's start with. Football. Uh, it's usually just for uniform reasons. The Seahawks. Um, sure. Yeah, and, and they're also a likable team. I don't, really I, mean, ha- I don't really have an AFC team. There was a time – I don't remember why. I think it was just Fred Taylor. I, I, I just loved him as a running back that I was rooting for the Jaguars as like an AFC team. Sure, yeah. Um, but I don't really have an AFC dog in the hunt. I like Patrick Mahomes, so I'll, I'll like root for the Chiefs a little bit when I watch. But like I wouldn't call myself a Chiefs fan. It's more I'm just a Patrick Mahomes Sure, fan. but once you lose your team, there are teams you're like, all right, I yeah. guess, you know – that, well, that becomes sense. that becomes something just to get through the playoffs. Like, uh, but everything else, like, I suppose if the Blackhawks, like, I'm I'm a Blackhawks fan. If they lose, I go back to rooting for the Devils. Hopefully, they're doing better to where I can, you know, at least home ta- home, you know, home team. I can just get behind that. But like again, I wouldn't call myself a Devils fan. I just root for them on the on the on the, on the off chance the Blackhawks aren't doing better. Right. And now, now I understand having a backup team. My backup football team is the Los Angeles Rams because I'm from L.A. So they were around when I was a kid. I have fond memories of watching the Rams, but I was always Steelers first. And they're not rivals. They're not in the same division. They're not anywhere near one another. So it's easy to root for both. Okay. So baseball, I'm a Dodgers fan. I don't really have an emotional attachment to any other team, but it's whoever's playing the Giants. I do not like the San Francisco Giants. They're our number one rival. Can't stand them. I would never root for them ever. So there is that. Um, that's the, 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 the thing for me. You can have a backup team, but two teams in the same city that are rivals? I, I don't get that at all. I don't even understand how really that's a thing. 877-FIGHT-93 is the number. 877-344-4893. Who do you agree with on this one? John Cusack or his accuser from Barstool Sports. It's that, and I think the heart of the issue, and I think he articulated it very well, whoever this was from from Barstool Sports, how it's part of fandom to suffer because your team is not doing well. And even when, you know, Steelers this year, I, I would be amazed if we make the playoffs. The Rams look very good. I'm not jumping ship on the Steelers, period. Once we get to the playoffs and the Rams are in and the Steelers aren't, then, okay, I'll support the Rams. I would never jump from my Steelers to the Rams until we're in the playoffs and, you know, we're not in. Okay, all right, the Rams are in. That would be the team I would back. That makes sense. But the idea that I would somehow go, all right, we're week four into the season. The Steelers aren't doing well. I'm wearing all my Rams stuff. I wouldn't do that. I would only do, like, in the playoffs, your team doesn't make it okay. There are other teams you'll follow. That's fine. And, you know, my backup team is the Rams. But I don't leave my Steelers. And that idea that you can jump ship from your team in order to support this other team as soon as it looks bad, that's not fandom to me. You got to, like, suffer with your team. Kelly, as a Jets fan, you feel me, yeah? Oh, every time Zach Wilson throws a touchdown pass, which has been, like, few and far come by right, like, oh, exactly. the Jets are going to the Super Twice. Bowl like yes. the Jets are yes. going to the Super Bowl like I will be delusional all season and then once the playoffs start and the Jets ultimately aren't in the playoffs that's when I'll start you know like I'll go root for the Packers I like I love Aaron Rodgers um I love Patrick Mahomes so like the teams like that I had there's players specific players that I like I'll root for them once the Jets are out but even like you know the Jets are usually right. out of the playoffs come like week seven or like there's no shot sometimes earlier, I'm still like 
big jets until the playoffs start. Yeah, yeah. You're, you, you ride or die with your team until they die. And then you're like, okay, yep. now I have to pick a different team, and that's the way it goes. So mm-hmm. wh- where do you – now, we know where Kelly stands on this debate. KOB, do you think there's any you – know, John Cusack does have the right to support whomever he wants. Okay, I support the city of Chicago, so I go to both games. But, you know, we're not saying he doesn't have the right to do that. But is there something missing from fandom if you're able to do that? You know? Yeah, like, but like I said, like here's the thing, and again, I don't know John Cusack's personal history, but other than he's a Chicago guy, I know he grew up in Chicago. Yeah. Let's say it's true that he grew up going to games in both stadiums his whole life. Like, if that just started out as a kid, I get why you might feel a sense of like it, I'm rooting for the for the teams in Chicago, for the like, city of Chicago. I'm rooting yeah, for the I'm, city I'm of for Chicago. So I get why that not be. It's like if it's one of those things. If you were doing it, like. In your teens and 20s, I'd say, yeah, dude, you can't do that. But if you grew up doing it, it might change things. I just don't know the man well enough to know whether that's true or not. It just feels on the uh, on its surface face level, it kind of feels like exactly what the guy from Barstool is talking about. Like, you can't go back and forth between them. Like, when one's doing okay and then you flip this way. Part of being – kind of what he said. Part of being a sports fan is being miserable. <laughs> That's yeah, the way it's got to go. Yeah, um, and and I yeah, and and also like what kind of like it's pretty rare that any sports fan takes their kid to oh we go we go to I don't know there aren't a lot of comparable other than USC UCLA that are you know college teams are in the same city literally you can drive between the stadiums I you know I I, I grew up an SC family I grew up my whole family SC fans. I went to UCLA, so I kind of broke the mold a little bit. But, you know, it wasn't like we had USC and UCLA stuff all over the house. We had SC stuff all over the house, and that was it. So even being taken to both games is almost, is weird, yeah? Because usually you're raised as a fan of, of one or the other. What person who is who didn't marry into it? I, K- Kelly, straight up, zen your mind. Clear it, okay? Clear it even of the hate. Okay, I'm clear. All right, you walk into a house. They have Jets and Giants stuff all over the place. Jets and Giants? Yes. No, there's disconnect. Weird? Like, wouldn't you be like, ah, ah. Like, that's weird. I I would feel uneasy because what's going on here? Yeah, it would be like a horror movie for you. Right. Right. You'd hear the music and everything. You're like, oh, my God, I'm I'm in in a weird reality. Yeah? Mets, Yankees stuff all over the house. Unless you married in and it's a husband and wife and one's a mess. No, and you don't do that. I love how Kelly just shut that down completely. Like, do, all right, you meet the perfect guy. He's a Mets fan. Perfect no, in every way. My ex-boyfriend was a Giants fan, and, like, there was a lot of animosity there. Like, I really – I couldn't take it. I don't wow. – it's hard. I don't like it. I just don't like it at all. Wow. So Mets is a deal breaker. <sighs> wow, yeah. you're having trouble with this, I can tell. Yeah, Mets is a deal breaker. Giants, it, it's – Really bad, but I'll try to push through. Likely I won't be able to, but I'll try. Mets, no way. All right. Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM Channel 1. 156.
which is part of National Disability Employment Awareness Month. I have a very special guest. He is the founder and CEO of the WABC, the World Adaptive Boxing Council. Colin Wood, so happy to have you, my man. So explain to my listeners a little bit of of your background. You were an athlete who then um, has made a transition into uh, athletics for the disabled. Please tell me how this all came about, my man, your background. Like I say, thank you, and uh, yeah, to all of the listeners and and everybody else. I hope I uh, can focate and announce something which basically helps other people to realise yeah. that it's all about inclusion of community when it comes down to what I've done. Um, I'm an ex rugby player. Uh, love my sport. I love the contact sport, and basically due to I've, I've had cataracts when I was born. I played semi-professional mental health. Now is uh, something that's come up in a, a, in only the last five years. But believe you and me, if it had been about in the 80s, it would have been appreciated more. Yeah. Uh, which basically, if you can understand, being disabled now uh, with a, a rare disease because of the sport that I played, because of force of nature, um, I still wanted to compete. And in order to do that, I had to show uh, rugby in the way that it had to. But believe it or not, I actually showed that all sports had similarities, which led me into basically doing blind boxing, which I can now do in the ring, uh, which, yeah, we've been doing some research and development, which then uh, if people see uh, what I've done over years, I'm severely blind and then got into a wheelchair in order to say, well, hang on, you know, anybody can do it. Uh, but if you look at my one blindness, what made me realise, if you're looking at inclusion, then there's other people that have got cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, the list is endless, but they all suffer with uh, blind or severely blind problems. So it showed you that there was a lot of similarities. Plus, we're all humans, and that's what led me to state into England boxing as well as Ava, uh, saying that disabled people could box, which, yeah, I've been proving points every day since then. What's the, the, the challenge you're, you're talking about? And, well, you know, I had an uncle with cerebral palsy, and his symptoms were very different than other people I knew who were blind or other people I knew who had other disabilities. What's the challenge of kind of bringing all these disparate um, challenges together? Meaning boxing for the blind would be different than boxing for someone who has trouble walking or this or that. How do you bring, uh, as you said, sports together when, when each person is facing kind of unique challenges, man? Jimmy, you you, you fought and yes. basically you see the world of fighting. If I say this to you, I think you'd better understand it from my perspective. I mean... I've trained the UK heavyweight bare-knuckle champion Decker Heggie here. And believe you and me, from yeah. BKB into MMA to boxing, it's all got its own political views. Yeah. But if I say this to you, and, and, and I've always been one about, you know, if you're going to look into an athlete, then we have to look at that one person and dissect them in order to become that what they want. Yeah. But if I say this, now you can raise your hand, everybody can do this, Everybody has to open up a pair of curtains. And the problem is if you use one hand, you'll lift it up and go from right to left if you're using your right hand and actually open up the curtain. Yeah? Yeah. But if I say this, can you slap the person in the face? You will do exactly the same thing. 
if I asked you to actually do a right hook, you would exactly do the same thing. Even if you was doing a back fist, it's exactly the same motion. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, very true. So if I said this to you, I designed, and it's something that is, is in copyright, which means that because of my blindness, it's about your coordination and your mental health. Yeah. If I can actually fight in a 22-foot ring as well as an octagon, which I've shown as being blind and I can fight anybody able in that, in that environment, but it's basically it's in order to get to that, which is an American football pitch, or a rugby pitch, which is 10 times bigger than that of a boxing ring, isn't it? Yeah. So theoretically, what I've done is I've shown on a brow mat the, with a foot template, a bit like dancing, and if I blindfolded you, that I could actually mentally prepare you to do something, but I could also now give assistance to disabled to say, well, hang on, your movement skills, everything else I can see. What about if you've done boxing? MMA and rugby, let's see which one you're, you're capable of, but give them a choice. Does that make mm. sense? Makes makes perfect sense. Um, and, and, and it sounds to me as though what you are saying is it's about the what, what sports gives to the athlete. And, and from my perspective, uh, obviously, I, I, I host a show about MMA. I was a fighter myself. We always think about kind of what it gives to the audience and what it gives to us as fans and what it gives to us. We don't often think about what it gives to someone who competes. And flipping that perspective, has that helped people see what you're trying to do? Because that's what I'm getting from what you're saying. What it gives to someone who is told you can participate in something despite whatever challenges and disabilities you have, that it does a lot for the participant itself. And we don't think about it that way that often, do we, Colin? The problem that you've got is, I mean, look, any sport knows, even if you've got, I mean, every sport at the moment is governing body. This yeah. is me speaking openly, and, and this is from an honest opinion, because we live this life and we're meant to teach right from wrong. But the problem is, I'm going to I'm going to say something, which I'm in politics at the moment, because I've had to prove a point, but then you're dealing against something that's so hypocritical in boxing or combat sports that... You know, people don't want to see disabled people go the same way. And I understand what they meant, which was concussion and CTE. Right. Now, the problem is that if you can actually build up, now don't forget, this is brand new. This is not like going to a butcher's or MMA for that matter, because martial arts, there's a wide spectrum that you can go and ask, well, what do you do? But when it came down to this with disabled people, then we had to go above and beyond because the problem is that we are dealing with something which in professionalism, it's about money and about a kill, be killed action. And and that's a gladiator to me. And that, that's where the people should realise that sports originated from gladiators because at one point, American football or rugby, uh, well, rugby and football at one point before the birth of American football, that you could actually be tried for murder because it, it was that brutal. And, and we've become civilised with sport, which actually encouraged us to do that. But then now we go to CTE, concussion, and, and actually, and we know that, you know, I, I know that there's four punches from one hand, but then when you get down to the feet and the knees, you apply more pressure. So as long as you know what you're dealing with, because then you're dealing with people that got function, motion skills, which in able-bodied well, we see that. You've you got a lot of people that don't dance and they can't move. And, and basically, it's the same application that you apply to a disabled people, although that medical intervention has to go a lot further. 
But then, you know, who actually oversees that? Nobody wanted to do that. And that's where I stepped up to the plate to say, let's do it and become a governing body. But even now, people who exploited it, we, we've had all kinds of people, and I don't mind admitting, because it's all been gangster-related, and I hate that. And, and how can I go against that, which is not... If we're going to be safe, then we need to have a realisation that this is going to be a reality for able-bodied athletes to look at their own health and safety. I'm speaking to Colin Wood, founder and CEO of the World Adaptive Boxing Council, which helps people with various disabilities participate in combat sports. Um, how has it worked getting things adapted to MMA? How has the process been so far, man? Well, I mean, look, if I say this to you, I mean, a lot of people have come out and think that they can set up, but I can guarantee I've spoken to every single one of them and everyone else is like sort of shunned me and pushed me to the side. The motion is we have to go through IEBA. But I mean, to get this developed and everything else, there's so much that's got to be put in. We can do a process to actually set up a league, but... People got to realise that we can't go the same way as able-bodied boxing or MMA. And I, to do that, I've had to go from boxing, which is a far more motionless sense than rugby. Yeah. Then rugby can help us to actually go to American football. At the moment, if I say this to you, I can actually catch a ball from one end of the field to the other blindfolded. Now, if that doesn't say something to you, which means that, you know, I'm at the moment becoming coach qualified in American football because I believe that the ethics that I've done here can actually assist us to bring a better knowledge base. But also, I feel all sports should be working together to encourage a, a choice for disabled people to do that. And if we include that, then it shows community coming together. I mean, great words that come out is together we can do more. But how can we do more when you've got the politics that actually you see with boxing, with with professionalism, amateur, all the way through to BKB, which I'd like to send out my condolences to the BKB fighter who's out there, yeah. BKB and, and the combat world. You know, they, they, these guys, these kids, they deserve better. And I'm talking about the people that actually showcase on telly and, and do great things because the problem is that we haven't got that care in place. And that's where I'm hoping with what I've brought to Disabled, it shows that we have to... I mean, there's a lot of people with families, don't forget, with kids that haven't got a knowledge that one of those kids could actually go and join the armed forces, get blown up, and we have to look after them. But they could also become disabled. So wouldn't it be better to have a better system in there waiting for them? Because then you haven't got mental health, you haven't got suicide... And that's the biggest key now, because I can prove to you that every punch that those professionals get, and I've got a lot of respect for amateurs, even for the white collar, but they don't realise the world, how much force is being put to that head, that at a later date, you will have concerns for mental health. And that's where I think that we do need a better system in place, especially in integrity, and call it an integrity sport, if that makes sense, Jimmy. It makes perfect, trust me, it makes perfect sense to me, man. I've been in this business for a long time. What has getting to compete in adaptive boxing and MMA done for the athletes themselves that you've worked with? What kind of changes have you seen in things like, as you're saying, mental health, man? Guys, I, I, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm grateful that since 2014, 
I found out who my true friends are. And, and believe you on me, mm. that, that's something you probably understand yourself, Jimmy. But I can honestly yeah. say that these guys have seen something that's not only encouraged them to be better, but they've improved so much in their own sport that it's made them more stand up. Now, we're talking humans. We're not talking a dog or a cat. We're talking human beings that are deficient in a mo mo motion or, or, you know, whatever disability they've got. <laughs> we don't get treated like humans. If, if, uh, if, sorry to be so emotional, but uh, no, this is being Bernie. That if you can save life, then it's not about money. But uh, if you understand this, Jimmy, what a great yeah. gift when I see that kid or, or someone smiling. That means more to me. It, it, it's what you do with that money that counts, isn't it? Yeah. Colin, so, yeah. I got to say, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got to say, man, I, I really appreciate what you're doing. And I hope you are able to teach more people and able to spread some human dignity around the way you have been doing it, man. You're appreciated. And I want you to know that, that we're behind it. It's a great thing you're doing, man. I appreciate your time 100%, man. Thanks for coming on with us, bud. Thank you. I, I deeply appreciate it. And I hope that as humans, we can just do some great things and, and don't ever put people down. Encourage them. But also, you know, work with them and make sure that if you are a unit, teamwork comes with like a family. It's loyalty. I, I think people need to understand the word respect in in that one. And and thank you guys because, yeah, it, it's been emotional. If that makes sense, it makes perfect sense to me. Colin Wood, founder CEO of the World Adaptive Boxing Council, making sure that people with disabilities and challenges have a chance to compete in sports. Thank you so much for joining us, my man. Thank you, and be well, be safe, and guys, yeah, thank you. It's deeply appreciated that people out there can listen, and I, I hope that they understand that there's a gentleman out there that's got an art and willing to help. Unlocking the Cage with Jimmy Smith is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Michael Russo. The associate producer is Kelly Murphy. Sound design by Nuri Balin. Andy King is director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM's Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts.